Hello everyone, Matt here. I'm really, really, really excited about today because my guest is Wendy Harris. Wendy, um, her nickname actually is the Queen of Conversation. Wendy has been uh, picking the phone to strangers since 1988 and now shares her tactics to make great first impression and be lasting relationship in business through her telemarketing program. It's gonna be really valuable uh, for everybody and for myself as well, because I think it's gonna be a, a powerful topic. And thank you for being here with me today. Well, thank you for inviting me, Matteo. I'm excited to share some of those deep and dark secrets that I have. Awesome, awesome. So let's begin a little bit with your story. I'm always interested to know people's story. Um, how was it? the early days for you tell me a little bit about your life you know growing up as a child um i i'm a i'm an early 70s born child so i i saw the water shortages in the uk for my fifth birthday and was running around on charred grass with no nothing on my feet um we were kind of uh, we were a happy family until um one of my parents had an affair and, and the family split up and I was devastated that, um, that I was being taken away from my dad. Um, but my mum was kind of then a bit of a serial relationship. She picked up relationships quickly and dropped them quickly. So there was lots of uncles in my life as I was growing up. Um, and she got married again um, whilst I was in my teens and that became quite toxic. Um, and I have to say that, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, that now I'm 50 something, um, I look back and whilst I blamed my stepdad in actual fact, it was my mom all along. Um, so I've got a really good relationship with my stepdad still. Um, he's as good a dad as to me as, as, as my dad, who sadly passed away a few years ago. So um, for me, I didn't go to school very much. Mm. Nobody really checked in on me as, as a kid. Um, I could often be sort of locked in my bedroom with a book um, and my record player for doing something naughty that I didn't even realise what that was. Um, so as things got difficult and I was sort of 16, 17, I got my exams that I scraped through I don't know how um, I just decided I had to do, get a job to leave home so I started working at them on the market stalls at 13 and did a couple of different waitressing jobs which was great and it was all to do with people you know people would come up and they'd be needing help choosing a jacket or some jeans on the market or you know they'd want some extra gravy with their dinner you know um can you tell me what's for pudding what's on the menu and i just found that i loved helping people so my first job was was actually as an account manager in telesales picking up the phone and looking after clients accounts and making sure that their orders were with them on time for the right price for them to do you know their job and a lot of those customers were in hospitality which I understood because I'd worked in that field for for a few years um, and it just gave me a great opportunity I think I said to you Matteo before that I could put this mask on and actually just pretend to be whoever I wanted to be 
nobody was was judging me then mm. uh, and I found that I was really good at it and earned a lot of money so I've kind of carried on doing that for 30 odd years Wow, well, wow. and I resonate so much with you because I had a hard time in school. It was, you know, you know, also for myself a very, very similar. And um, and uh, I think it's very honorable that you started working at such an early age. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs come out from that background, really having to figure it out and, and really learning to help other people. You know, generally helping other people. So that's that's really interesting that you you started to redevelop your skills in that in that age um i think i think when you're they say say don't they that when you're seven years old you kind of know what it is that you're going to do or you've got this idea of who you want to be when you grow up and at seven years old i wanted to be in the police as a policewoman or a teacher and in actual fact i've become the teacher and by the time i was a teenager and leaving school i'd already realized that my parents weren't going to provide me what I needed. I would have to create that for myself. So in actual fact, while it was terrible and horrible, and I don't talk about it that often because I don't want the pity party or the, oh, poor Wendy, because actually those experiences have been the driving force for me to, to lead a wonderful life. Yes, yes. And, and to be creative, right? You had to figure it out. You had to find a solution. And that's such a key element for entrepreneurs. You have to consistently find a solution, even when it doesn't seem like there is anything you can do. Um, so, so that's really, really awesome. What happened next? Um, the department that I worked for, I was only sort of 19 uh, at the time when I got that first corporate job. The, uh, the wisdom of the company who had offices dotted around the UK decided that they were going to move our sales department down to head office. So I was made redundant um, and I went to Cornwall, which is kind of like a, a seaside coastal sort of surfers paradise uh, where my family were. So my mom had moved down there. So I went to sort of try and reconnect with my mom and um, and I fell back into hospitality and, and doing waitressing and things like that until I had enough couple of years of partying and working, you know, burning the candle, came back home to my dad and um, ended up back doing the job that I'd done because head office decided it wasn't working out. They hadn't got a good enough team in London. So, um, so I went back to work for them for a good few years, wanted to become a rep and go on the road and actually go and meet the clients and, and help bring on new clients. And I was told I was too valuable in the office and they never recruited the rep because I was effectively doing that job. Mm, interesting. I wonder how many people go, yep, that's happened to me. Mm, mm, that's very interesting. Um, and how did you eventually go into the, you know, in, into, is that where you, the telemarketing kind of pathway began for you? So it really began when I first started that job at 17, um, yes. because whilst we were account managing, we, we were also supporting the reps by ringing up clients that they'd been to see and quote. And my reps, I'd got two great reps, um, 
that would go, oh, Wendy, I can't get hold of this client. I know that they're going to place an order. Can you give them a ring? So I was effectively just going, hey, Eddie's asked me to give you a ring or Ray's asked me to give you a ring. They've been to see you. I know that you've got all the pricing. Can I just put the order through for you to make sure it gets onto the delivery? And 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 that was that. And then it was, oh, I, Wendy, I've seen this place. Can you find the phone number for them and find out who it is I need to speak to? And that's the telemarketing aspect of mm. the finding out, the qualifying, the lining it up to be able to present. And and that's just stuck with me that I've just been really good at it. And I've had several jobs. I've been in telecoms. I'm, I had my first daughter in 94. Um, and I... I kind of worked in in the telecommunication era for about seven or eight years um and it was a franchise that i decided to buy to get myself out of that rat race because i was looking mm -hmm. after a dozen staff running the department um with all of those pressures of targets and you know numbers kpis yep mo moving away from looking after people and helping people you know um and the responsibility of that whilst i i don't mind it so long as it's weighed up with you know the look helping people mm. helping the staff and all of my staff were were not trained in telemarketing and, and appointment setting they were majority of them were women that were returning to work after having families that could not get back into their field full time because they wanted the part time hours. Mm. And they were just naturally curious and nosy. And they loved to gossip. So we put that to use on the phone and they were brilliant at it. Wow. 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 So is this um, talk to me about the time that you decide to make the switch to actually the franchise and, and go out your own way? You wanted to, you know, have your own business fundamentally. Um, how did you go about building that that business? And talk, talk to me some through some of the struggles that you had during the the period of time. Because I know a lot of people want to build a business. They get excited. They start. The flame is nice and big, and then slowly, slowly, the flame starts to get smaller. How was it for you? It was a fairly new franchise organization. So the flame for the franchise was burning bright as well. Mm. And with the, the challenge, I think, for anybody looking back at that period was that I was determined to leave my corporate job and work for myself. I'd had a, a, a small sort of mail order business before with a partner um, and, and run that for a few years until I relocated. And this was before technology could allow us to do all the things that we can do now. Um, so I left that business running. I just walked away from it. But when I went, was determined to work for myself, it was doing a lot of kind of advertisement and community work with the franchise. So I could see that I would be helping a lot of people in my local area and I could um, generate an income in in the form of advertising on the website space and this was really early on before you know um that the internet is what it is today so it was really cutting edge and there was a lot of demand for it but because it was such a, a new franchise changes were happening all the while from head office and the stru the structure and the values of the franchise 
changed so that there was no longer an alignment with me working, doing the things that I wanted to do in, in the way that I wanted to do it was now I was actually being told how to do things, which is kind of not the point of being your own boss. So I was lucky enough to meet somebody through that experience that was doing telemarketing. And they said, come and do some work for me. And Lisa, I always remember it, after just a few months said, Wendy, you're so good at this. Why are you not just doing this for yourself, for businesses in your area? So I went back to a lot of the businesses that, that I'd worked with in the franchise for advertising. I said, look, I've been doing this whilst this has been, you know, falling apart. Um, and those customers knew what was happening. I kept, I didn't sort of try and hide the fact that things were failing um, because for me, it was still working for them. And when I went back to them, they were all like, great. And they were booking in hours and time and how can you help me with this? Uh, and that was, that was 17 years ago. And I'm, you know, I'm still in with the same company that's formed then doing the same things. And, but rather than doing it for companies, I'm showing them how to take ownership of that for themselves. And how did you live through that time about, you know, having to, you know, end the, the franchise business and, and pivoting? Did you see, did that affect you mentally a lot? Like, did you see as a lot as a, you know, like, oh my God, this is such a, a lot of people, you know, this is a failure and, and, and they let themselves down. Like, how, how did you live through that time? It was horrendous, if I'm honest with you, Matteo. It put so much strain on my relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was really that present as a mom because it, it, it was a very consuming. And this was also happening to a lot of other franchisees. And we were all kind of banding together. And what you have then is, while you think that you're supporting each other by sharing your experiences, you're actually feeding that toxic feeling. Um, so it ha I had to get to a point where I was like, this is going to really take me down if I'm not careful. I've got to lift myself out of this situation and just draw a line under it. Yes. So I lost savings that my husband had put into it. Um, I have since repaid him because I think that that was only right that, that I did that. Um, and... Honestly, it could have been the end of our relationship. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I, you know, I believe in myself. You know, you see how when things don't go according to planning business, it truly affects your relationship. And as much as you work on your mindset and self-development, we're not robots. You know, we're not machines. Like you got feelings. You had to let these feelings come out and express themselves. And, and um inevitably when you feel i think one of the biggest problems is we tend to associate our results in business to who we are like to our identity and there's a very dangerous area because you know we're not the fact that a business fails doesn't mean that we're a failure as as ourselves as a, as a person um 99 of the people who start in business they fail before succeeding so it's very easy to, you know, to let that become part of your life. Um, 
Failing is just a lesson to be learned, isn't it? And if you keep failing at the same lesson, you're not learning the lesson. No, That's no, no. kind of the point. And, you know, looking back, um, when the pandemic hit, effectively, my business had to start again. Yeah. So whilst I've been running this iteration for 17 years, the what I'm doing now is only two years old. Yes, yes. So yes. it's still a new business when so you have to kind of be realistic and, and remind yourself of those things. Yet all of the different failings that have happened to me over time have actually given me all of the tools and the lessons that I needed to be where I am now doing the things that I need to be doing. Yeah. I actually don't like the word failing. It's a, it's a word that cripples me. It's, it should be changed to learning, changed to figuring it out. <laughs> Flip the negative. Yeah, it's such a terrible, terrible word. Was there when the a conversation that you had that it was key for you to make a decision to pivot from the franchise to having your own business, this, this one here? That you know the events they started i think i think as i mentioned that conversation with lisa where she said you're doing such a good job for me you know and that was sort of supporting getting out of the franchise yeah because there was a financial implication to getting out yeah. um that was where somebody actually said wendy you're good at something don't let this be the end of it. Yes. You know, see past what's going on now to see what is is possible. Yes. Um, and it was that encouragement that I needed, really. Yes. Because every other franchisee was, oh, this is terrible, and I've lost all my money, and you know, I'm not, I don't know how I'm going to pay the mortgage, and I was going, yeah, you know, we're going to have to have beans on toast for tea, because you know, I can't afford the shopping bill this week it's a terrible position to be in but just lisa saying wendy you're brilliant at this do it yourself you've run a business before you've walked away from that you've been in this franchise that have given you still some additional skills in how to run your business so now you know how you don't want it to be go run it how you want it to be mm. Yeah, and it's such a different feel when you are fully independent in building this that I call it your own baby, right? It's, it's your own thing, and, and it's a different sense of pride because you know the value you deliver, you know that you can deliver results, and there's no influence from other people. It's just depending entirely on yourself. Tell me a little bit more about this this business. You know, how do you help people, and you know, how did that evolve? Uh, to begin with, it was literally, you know, booking in an hour or two, giving me a list of companies and, and people saying, can you go and find out who looks after X, Y, Z there? And, you know, whether, whether they'll be looking to make any change or purchases in the future. Um, and, and if that's so, when, you know, so I was literally building lists of people's names, having conversations with people on behalf of the clients and saying this is when you need to go back to them. And I've got clients that I've still worked with today that came on board 17 years ago, which is great because mm. they just go, oh, Wendy, can you just do a little bit of this for me? Yeah, of course I can. And um, uh, some of the things that I do now is show people how to use LinkedIn mm. to actually find the name of somebody that they need to speak to because 
not many people have I met that actually enjoy picking up the phone and asking who do I need to speak to because they anticipate that the person's going to go oh if we're interested we'll get in touch with you thank you bye you know <laughs> so um so it's about the how do you how do you actually get to speak to the person that you want to speak to mm. and um and that's why i've created um, power up sessions to sort of help with sales and marketing strategy mm. um so that you know you can look at what it is that you've got to say because if you're not confident in talking to people that you don't know and most people will recognize this from networking face-to-face -face meetings it's because you're not actually convinced that what you're saying is true mm. so that's what i help people work on is the what is it that you're saying that makes you feel comfortable in in in, in bragging about it you know you've 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 got to be your biggest fan of your own business yeah let's talk about that like confidence when we're talking when we're, we're making sales and we're talking to someone what is it so important in your opinion to you know to develop a, a sense of confidence like a 100 percent confidence in what you do like what? first thing is i mean i use a 4r formula and the first part is that you're speaking to the right person for the right reason. So if you just going to be speaking to somebody and it's got nothing to do with them, well, of course, it's going to be an awkward conversation. Mm. And that confidence comes from, from having that right reason to be able to start building the rapport because you're putting, you're asking, you're asking questions and I don't mean, you know, you're drilling them with something you're, you're asking genuinely interested questions. Well, how do you do that now then? And, mm. oh, so how does that work for you? Mm. Is, is it working right? Oh, oh you know, so you're, you're wanting them to talk about themselves before you go in with, well, there might be something that I could do to help here. Mm. Maybe not today, but sometime later on mm. so you're always looking for positioning yourself for the right time mm -hmm. so you've got the right person for the right reason at the right time and then you get the results that you need because i can't be doing with a lot of this oh you've got to always be closing you know the <laughs> abc of sales yes yes if yes. you make the right impression and you build that relationship, then the close comes organically. Mm. It's so true. Like, you know, and I think people are sick and tired of the, the, the good old way of hard closing, close them hard. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, um, it doesn't work like that anymore. People want to see that, you know, you got measurable, tangible tools to help them and, and also that, that you care about them. Actually, um, one of the ways that I like always to, to get to the, to, the, to the closing is, do you think I care about you? And they say, yes. Do you think I can help you? Yes. Do you trust that I'm the right person that you want to work with? Yes. That alone is, is like, yes, yes, yes. They want, they want to work with you. Um, what do you think? Um, do you think everybody can become good in building relationships? Because that was one of the big... Um, blockages that I had my whole life. No, people don't connect with me. People, I'm not good in connecting with people. 
People don't resonate with me. Well, do you know what, Matteo? With that kind of attitude, people won't. Yes, yes. Right? So, you know, if you say that you're not good at something, you will stay not good at something. Yeah. And if the, you what say, you verbalize, the, the words that you actually say is actually what... Yeah, well, if, if you say in front of the mirror, oh, I'm no good at that, then they'll come back with, yeah, you're no good at that. Yeah. Because yeah. your reflection will be telling you that. Yes. And so confirming, confirming to your reticular activity system that you're not good, that you see a told you that you're not good and, and all the yes, spiral. Yeah. So for me, it's everybody is in sales. Yeah. It's, it's just been called sales for some reason. So... You know, telemarketing is telephone marketing. So that's using the telephone to find out about your audience and, and how you can serve them with a the product. So sales is just the extension of that where you go, well, would you like to work with us? So it's so sales is an invitation as I see it. So if you're going to say, well, nobody wants to. So you're not open to invitation. Yes, yes. So it's, it's for me, it's about reframing that and saying, well, I am open to work with or to say something like, I would love to work with mm. you. Mm. I would love to work with them mm. and make that your mission mm. to invite them. Invite them, yeah. And, 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 and ask them the right questions, right, to to lead them to, to that point. So is telemarketing also part of lead generation or is mainly selling? It's, it's the first step. So t generally bigger companies will use um, lead generation. So they'll, they'll do it for appointment setting and they'll say, right, okay, so, so you're, you're the right person. We've got the right products. Um, we've got the right timing that you're looking at this. I will send somebody, I'll send the salesman. Yeah. to present so that's kind of where that fits when you work for yourself you are the salesperson that's got to to, to present yeah. so in actual fact it, it kind of all flows into one in what it is that you're doing so when is the right timing and when can we have that coffee do you want to catch up on zoom or you know if if somebody says to you well send me the information on email well what is it you need to see mm. from me mm. What will make the difference for you to spend more time with me? Because um, also, like when, when they say send me some information by email, am I correct that 90% of the time is a way to sneak out of the conversation? Yeah, it's, it, uh, really, it's because it's not a priority mm. or of interest right now. Mm. So you, you've got to... So you've got to be respectful of people's time. And in, in that's kind of my approach to things is I'd like to introduce this, mm. but it may not be something that you're looking at right away. Mm. How, what What's your situation with that? Mm -hmm. So tell me about yourself and I'll be able to come back with, oh, yeah, well, you're only so far in and, you know, it's all very new to you. So let me keep in touch. Mm. Let me set let me send you an email to introduce what we do and you can look at our website and see whether that you know you want the, that information to kind of marry up yeah and to create the same impression as you've given that in that human touch mm -hmm. and most people forget to follow up or they don't have a process to follow up yeah, yeah. they go oh they weren't interested you know and That's i've it. seen um 
conversation threads on social media, you know. Um, where are we with that deal? The sales manager says. I've emailed them, says the, the business development person. And and now what? Well, I'll email them again. Well, in actual fact, you have no idea what's going on then, have you? Because you're not prepared to have a verbal conversation. Yeah. Because this, this is the hard not... thing. People, they got, need to go out of their comfort zone, right? But, you know, nothing, nothing remarkable ever happens in your comfort zone. Yeah. And... There's three outcomes for me. There's yes, we'll go ahead. There's no, and there's some good reasons there. And then you can turn that into a lesson. Well, why did I put so much effort into that if it was going to be a no? It's because I didn't ask the right questions or a not yet because they're not ready. They're not the right time. They're just not the right time. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And, and it's so important to have a system where you are following up so that when they are at the right time, you know, they know that you are on the top of their list, on the top of their mind. Um, how important is mindset when in this process? Like, and for you to, when you work with your, with your students, with your people, how much is mindset in, into, into this? It comes in the grounding. And the, by the grounding, I mean really knowing what it is that you want to say and communicate feeling like you've got that um backdrop if you like so you know the canopy behind you supports you your social media is in alignment your website is in alignment the email that you're going to send is in alignment so there is so the processes behind everything is quick that everything that is being said on those things are the same as what you would say in person mm. because when you then go and pick up the phone and you're speaking to people it it, it just it, it just becomes a hello how are you and you know you you, you don't worry that it, it doesn't match or mm. you know it takes an a lot of resilience but then if you're going to be in business on your own anyway well hello <laughs> you're going to need that resilience for many aspects of your business yeah. so picking up the phone should be fun yeah because yeah. they're potentially your future that's what's going to keep you in business it's so true and, and i think there are a lot of schools online about different strategies and things and not many people are willing to pick up the phone uh, they want to use the email how to respond email marketing they want to use funnels but the reality is that whatever happens, you know, with Facebook is a platform or Google, YouTube, uh, if you have a phone list, you can always be in business. So it's something that is, is going to last forever. Yes, it's admitting that you're not very good at it. Yeah. And yeah. look, you know, no judgment from me. That's what keeps me in business to help you be in business yes. is just say, oh, I'm not really that good at it. And actually, it may be that you already are good at it. It's just up here in in this noggin of yours that you just need to reframe how you go about it yeah yeah um in terms of tonality in terms of energy in terms of excitement in terms of the way that you show up how much that affects your ability to then book the second appointment or 
get a person to schedule it. this the sales rep to come in like or matching and mirroring i know that you know i've been studying a lot of that like how much in your opinion that actually affects the, the result of the outcome of the call oh goodness me matteo well we i'm a lover of audio which is you know i my left ear is is has been attached to a telephone listening for 30 odd years it's why i love podcasts because i can hear the feeling and the sentiment in somebody's voice i can tell if i can believe them or not mm. we all have that detector when it comes to tonality if you don't believe that the next person in line that will pick up the task of going and seeing somebody to sell to them is going to do their very best job that affects you mm. i don't care what you say you can be the best at everything but it will demotivate you because what will be the point you know that's and that's just human nature we will say to ourselves what's the point of me making 10 appointments this week for the salesman to go out when nothing happens with them mm. and it's not because they're crap appointments i've absolutely done my job if it is that the appointments are not very good well of course that means that you need some help <laughs> to make them better to ask more questions but it really does come down to it being a team effort. Mm. So true, so true. And the, and the sales guy has to believe in the product, right? Yeah, and the and the customer will hear it. You know, if you're not if you're not a hundred percent invested in it, which is why I love run, working with entrepreneurs and why I love working with owner managed businesses, is because it, they are invested. They're not an employee that clocks in at nine and leaves at five, and that's it. They've done their job. You know, there is no separation when you work for yourself. You can't stop your thoughts from happening at any given time. So when you're when you're in flow and doing doing really well, that comes across. So if you're having a really, really great day and something really brilliant's happened and you're you're this close to getting another that other client that has just sort of been wavering on the edge. Do you know what my advice would be? pick up the phone while you've just had that really great news because that will come out when you're talking yeah. not that oh i'm gotta i've got to follow up with them today i can't leave it any longer i've got a feeling that it's just going to drag on and on and on well do you know what that's exactly what will happen because when you speak to them they'll hear that yeah so strong um is there a wendy some kind of and uh, uh, might be a silly question, but uh, across your career, have you seen like some kind of numbers or data that is like realistic? If you're calling a hundred people, how many people can realistically expect on average to actually move to the next step to go and talk to the sales guy? It's a really, really broad rule of thumb. And of course it will change for everybody because not everybody's the same um i tend to gauge it that out of a hundred pe hundred people that you try to reach you might get through to 10. yeah out of those 10. so sorry through to them is that you can speak on the phone speak to them, to them. 
Yeah. Because so you might so ring... like I've been doing that actually for the last few days. Um, and yeah. 90% of the people don't bloody take the phone call. <laughs> no, they don't. because they're screening it. They're screening you because yeah. they, they, they want to they be sure that they're giving their energy in the right places and they've got other things to do rather than, you know, satisfy somebody who wants to sell them something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly how we are. You know, yeah. uh, so we have to put the shoe on the other foot. My advice would be leave a really, really, really great voice message. Mm, that's a good advice. So if you if you're ringing and then ringing off, that number is presenting. But there's no message behind it. So you go, oh, wonder what that was about. Then that number will ring again. And you're like, Oh, that's that number again. I wonder if they'll leave a message. No, they haven't. They must be trying to sell me something. So then you block the number. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly you... these days, with there's so much scam happening in Australia in particular, people are very yeah. protective. And, yeah. So that tool that I talked about, that radar, your ear, your listening, if you leave a voice message, that is clear and genuine, guess what? They will pick up the phone next time. They're not going to call you back, but they will. Not going to call you back because that's not their job. Yeah. And the voice message shouldn't really be telling them too much anyway, other than, you know, I was really hoping to catch you today. This is my name and this is the company. I'll try you again. Yeah. And then they will expect you to try again. So it's about keeping promises then. Yeah, yeah, I love it, yeah. Um, talk to me about recording, because that's one of the mistakes that, you know, recording the phone call, how important it is to, for people to actually record these phone calls. Um, I guess it depends on the setting. So lots of call center settings will record the calls because they need to do that for their own training purposes listening back to your calls is really important for you to be able to uh uhs and ums and you know to really sharpen up the what it is that you're saying and how it is that you're saying things and of course some some things are governed by regulations that you can't be seem to be mis-selling anything either um, so so that's important from from that point of view to protect yourself against a customer making a complaint that you said this well so many didn't. times actually one thing that comes out to my mind sorry to interrupt you is maybe you're talking about the price and they yeah unless you have the recording you know you will have said is us dollars but they say oh no 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 it was australian dollar which is 40% cheaper. And if you don't have the recording, that obviously is your your word against theirs. Your word against them, yes. And and I think this is kind of like, you know, most entrepreneurs won't be recording their calls. I can't I can't imagine why they would. Um so the best practice there really is to to use email as an auditing trail. Mm-hmm. And support the conversation with an email. Here's, thank you so much for speaking to me today. Here's a, a quick 
overview of what we talked about and the key points that we discussed so that you have got something in writing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's powerful, that's powerful. Um, and in these conversations, what about scripts? It's very important to have scripts as well. Do, do you teach people that they should follow a script? Uh, I know a lot of people get very funny about the script. Actually, in my program, uh, this is a funny one, but in my program, we, we say to people, look, scripting is about systemizing your process. It's about creating something that is repeatable and so that you can actually, you're not getting lost in talking about the sunset and the weather and, you know, too many things. It's about creating a process. And some people will actually get very funny about getting at some point in our program and say, oh, so when you saw me in the program, use the script. So they will get really upset. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we're teaching you to build a business, not a hobby. Um, but tell me about your view on scripts. What do you think about it? Well, I make a bold statement in on my website is that we don't do scripts. Yeah. That said, there are frameworks that we follow. And I think that, like you said, Matteo, it's got to be that you can follow something. And if you've got a framework, you you know, it's, it's a bit like colouring coloring in the 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 dot the dots yeah. isn't it you know if you've got a coloring book and you know you can go outside of the lines There's, that's okay and i think that's what conversation is all about is that you can um have this a way of of opening up the conversation and a way of closing the conversation mm -hmm. but then you'll have key points which is that you will need to to sort of see those off um, to gather that information. So you've got that framework. So you've got key points. So if the conversation takes you, you know, if you've got five steps that you've got to cover, if, if you've got them in order of one, two, three, four, five, and the customer start, you start talking to them about key point one, and then they take you to key point three, and then you're back to number two and number five, and oh, you've forgotten number four. It, it really just should not matter. Mm. Mm -hmm. in which order you go by. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, and it's interesting because we actually had to change it to framework because people were getting very funny about uh, the word script. And actually, I don't believe that you should be reading a script because it becomes very unnatural and it's very difficult to follow. It's, as you said, it's just following a process, which is certain questions that you want to ask them and, and just to to go through, through a particular uh, path if you know your, if you know your product and service you know exactly how to answer the point that's being presented to you yes yes so by by tying yourself up in knots on a script means that you're not present in the conversation either so wrong. yeah so that 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 alerts doubt yeah. to the customer's mind and if you get asked something that you don't know just say you don't know yeah yeah i appreciate it a lot be more. honest you're honest yeah. yeah 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 and and what about um when you're listening do you think people should be writing notes or should they be fully present in the conversation and yeah i've got three pads on my desk for different times of the day or whatever it is i'm working on um and i've always always had you know scrap paper and pencil to be able to take notes but of course all of that gets rec recorded onto a, you know, a, a central database. So whether that 
be an Excel spreadsheet or a CRM system of some sort. Mm. Recording intelligent information is really important. And, you know, not, not to overlook the little details of not getting through to somebody can be really great leverage the next time you call back. If you've, you've been told, oh, they're not in the office this week or next because they're on holiday. Oh, where have they gone? Somewhere glamorous. Mm. And you take note. So the next time you ring back, oh, Matteo, you were on holiday. They told me you'd gone somewhere really glamorous. Did you have a great time? Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a conversation starter. Of who, doesn't like talk, yeah. who doesn't like talking about their holiday? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. I just went, actually, I just went on holiday. So it's been talking about holiday for the last week or so with people. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's so true. Uh, and, and what about your opinion doing some research before the call to see things that might have, might be in common with the person? For example, for me, is someone I'm talking to, I have to speak with if I know that they have something related to Italy or Italian background or Italian family, that is instant connection instant connection there is unbelievable the difference is there something that you suggest people to do um absolutely i mean when it when it comes to connection we the things that we love doing we love sharing with other people it's as simple as that um so for me i'm a swimmer and i i love to swim so there's a lot of people that i connect with and have conversations with that i'm never going to do business with in my mind because they swim. Mm. I, I've got, you know, utmost respect because I know what swimming means to me. So I kind of automatically assume that that's going to mean as much to them. It's like you, Matteo, with your cycling. Yeah. You know, I know how much that means to you to get out there and, and to be on your bike. And, and it's not about the cycling. It's about the experience, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, when when you start to talk to people from that kind of basis you'll find that actually the support that you get for being in business will be far greater because you're invested in something that that you share yeah yeah it's so true talking about swimming are you one of these crazy swimmers that do the english channel uh, no <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a pool swimmer i i i, I like to, to to swim laps yeah. So um, I'll do, you know, a couple of kilometers a time. Yeah. Um, but my next my next leap up will be to try open water swimming. So to do lakes and things like that. So yeah, I've done a lot of swimming be... as well because I used to be in triathlon before. So um, uh... I used to be in a training with a guy that was the Italian champion in the 1500 meters um, in short course. And he had 1457 uh, his time on the 1500 meters. And yeah. every day was a, a nightmare because it was just like, how am I going to die today? <laughs> <laughs> like... Well, I have interviewed um, a guy called Steve Judge, who was the uh, the UK Paralympian triathlete champion, a gold medalist. Wow. Um, wow. And you just go, I can't I can't believe the the stamina and dedication that it takes to do triathlon. Yeah. You know, we've got Iron Man comes through. They say you either you either um, if you are a good triathlete, you don't have a, a relationship usually. <laughs> you have to be fully, fully dedicated today. It's a really, really full-on sport. Um, 
And one thing that I wanted to ask you is, what is your piece of advice for someone that is going through that time that you had with the franchise business and you were right at the moment to say, right, here I need to do something about this. What would be your piece of advice? If someone is ready to give up, ready to just say this is, this is enough, what would you say to that person? As in that they've got a franchise now, you mean? No, 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 sorry. Part of a franchise or? And any business, but it's someone that is struggling and is suffering, is in pain, is embarrassed because things are not working. What would be your piece of advice for someone in the situation in business? Oh, goodness. I mean, my phone's always on for a start. Um, you need to talk to somebody. You need to really rational it out because is it really true? That's the first thing is, is everything that's happening to you really true? Because is it you or is it outside of your control? Mm -hmm. Those are the things you've got to, to really sort of separate yourself to, to, to lots of levels so that you can unpick the, the, the hole that you think that you're in. That would be the first thing. Now, it may not be your partner that you can speak to. And, and I can say that because my husband still doesn't understand how I get paid to talk to strangers yeah. and to show people how to talk to strangers. We could be out in the street and, and I'll see somebody that I know from networking and be like, hi, hi, and, it, and the eyes are rolling. It's like, oh, God, or in the supermarket queue, she's talking to the woman on the checkout again. You know, uh -huh. it's so I would say sometimes talking to the person that loves you most you have to remember that all the things that you've told them are from your point of view so they're going to be putting it back on you mm. so speaking to somebody that doesn't necessarily know you on that i love you level is good advice so that you can say, well, what do, where am I, where do I want to be, and how do I get there? Yeah. Getting different perspectives from different people and getting out of your head. Um, I'm a big believer as well that is the best way to really talking to other people is getting out of your, uh, you know, getting unstuck very often. Conversations is the best way to get some clarity. Absolutely. Sometimes a stranger is the best person to speak to. Yeah, yeah. And I found that connecting with people and just talking to people helps in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, you know, one of our biggest challenges in society is that uh, we are brought up knowing that we are going to be judged. So sharing how we feel when we don't feel that we are um, succeeding means that we're leaving ourselves open for judgment mm. that creates a vulnerable situation that actually can kind of eat itself alive if you're not careful so yeah i'd guess i'd, I'd speak to somebody yeah. or have a really good conversation with yourself yeah, yeah. comparing to other people i think is another big one uh for me at least you know comparing do you want to be ambitious and be there and if you're not there, you compare to yourself to others, there's another very dangerous area to go to. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm on chapter chapter 50, for example, and, and you might only be on chapter 
21. Yeah. How can you compare those? You, you can't. can't. Yeah, absolutely. Wendy, it's been amazing. I got my last five questions that I really want to ask you. You ready for it? Go on then. All right. First one is, if you could write a sentence on a giant billboard that the entire world can read, what would you write? You never know where a conversation will lead. Love it. Awesome. Really, really good. Can take you anywhere, you know, to opportunities. It's just start talking by talking to someone. So true. So true. If you could spend five minutes with Wendy at the age of 16, what advice would you give her? Um, I think I would say the um, the world of reality has its limits, but the world of imagination is endless. Oh, that's powerful. I love it. Really good. That's a really good one. I was a big reader at 16. <laughs> that's what I should have done. Start reading earlier. Um, what is success to you? happiness mm. yep. if you're not happy you can be successful as much as you want but as tony robbins says the the biggest failure is uh being and um, what was it being a, being successful you know in terms of business but being unhappy is is the ultimate failure absolutely what is the best advice you ever received from someone was to trust your gut. Um, so, you know, like we said earlier about um, nothing remarkable ever happens in your comfort zone. Um, if your gut is, is, is churning, right? Be sure that it's not churning from fear and that it actually is excitement. It's something that you need to be striving towards rather than away from. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Before my last question, uh, where can people find you online? If they want to work with you, how can they get in touch? Um, my website is wagassociates.com. You'll find me, Wendy Ann Harris, on LinkedIn. In fact, if you just search Wendy Harris, uh, you'll find my book on Amazon, which is Making Conversations Count. And I've got a podcast too, which is also called Making Conversations Count. I love it. I love it. My last question is, what is the impact that you want to make on others? Uh, I really, really want people to lean into being themselves and not what others expect of them. Mm. That's powerful. That's very powerful. Wendy has been amazing. Um, the things that you shared are, you know, really, really useful to a, a lot of people out there. And I think it was it was a great to have you here. And hopefully we can get you back on the show very, very, very soon. It was a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Thank you.